Hi, and welcome to Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. Please join us as we explore how you can enjoy a happier life and a fulfilling career, things that aren't always that easy in our modern world. We'll be taking a look to how you can explore well-being both inside and outside the workplace, how to prevent burnout, how to achieve true happiness in work and life, and so much more. So stick around. So hello, everybody, and welcome to another session of Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. And this week, we have Annette Carmichael joining us as well. So welcome, Annette. Welcome. (laughs) Thanks for having me. We're super excited to have you because you're talking about a subject that maybe some people don't connect with thriving. And maybe by the end of the session, they'll have been inspired and now have the understanding of how good dance can be for enhancing their well-being, their health and their happiness. Because you are someone who comes from a very creative background. And so I thought it would be beautiful if you could share with our audience who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, I'm a choreographer and a creative producer, and I live in this tiny town called Denmark, uh, Kurabat Bilia. It's traditional country for uh, Pibbleman people. It's it's right on the edge of Western Australia. It has a population of 5,000 people, and it's in this tiny town. I've been living here for about 16 years now, where I have found that dance can be this powerful force um, for happiness and also for social change. And so I'm, I'm trained, I trained as a ballet dancer. Um, I went to London and did extra training as a contemporary dancer. And then uh, when I had young children and decided to live in the country, that was when I really came into this world of what's called community dance practice. So it's dance that's done by lots of different people, people that don't necessarily have extensive training, but people that want to experience something different or perhaps uh, use dance to comment on things that are really important in our world. Mm, Fantastic. And I have to share too that Denmark is one of my most favourite places in the whole world. Mm. And whenever we can, we like to get down to Denmark and sort of fill our soul with the beauty and... uh, naturalness of the of the area so it's I'm so beautiful envious of you living down there because yeah. it is so so amazing so and so um, many artists live here as well so many experimental artists uh-huh. uh, you know contemporary uh-huh. artists visual artists musicians composers yeah. we're all here together so it's interesting mm-hmm. that it's taken on um the work you do is is used for bringing about social change as well mm-hmm. now when I first met you it was at a conference in Australia, but on the other side of the country in Queensland. <laughs> and you were there to talk about a project that you've been involved in, which was essentially, well, you're, you're much better at explaining than I am, but basically you went around to rural communities and you got the local fellas up and dancing. So mm. please tell us more about what that was all about and why you did it. Sure. The The project's called the Beauty Index, and uh, it started in 2016. 
it came about not not first off to get men dancing, but really uh, as a choreographer, I was desperate to make a dance performance that helped me understand the usefulness of art and of beauty in a world that at the time in 2016, it just felt like every morning I would wake up and hear the news and it was about violence. It was about people doing terrible things to each other. And I just felt this sense of despair and hopelessness and really what was the point of art. And so it was from that kind of moment where um, I said to myself, well, I have skills. I have these skills in dance. What can I do with them to make things a tiny bit better? And I thought, well, I can make dance. And who would be the best people to make it with? And I thought of the men that were in my community. And so I just started talking to them. Were they interested in making a contemporary dance performance, um, like beautifully designed, quite big in scale, uh, that explored this idea of uh, compassion for each other that came from a place of beauty? And was that powerful enough to stand against fear and violence? And so we started talking, and that was in 2016, 2017 we premiered the work and since then by the time I saw you uh, we had done this performance seven times and made it with over 40 men and they're farmers and um, electricians and doctors um, priests like all kinds of different people have joined the cast of the beauty index and brought with them their own ideas and their own movement we always make it new every time And it's had a big impact on regional communities in Western Australia for those men and also for how those communities, their partners, their children, their friends see see these men, see what they can do and see uh, how dance can be this force to discuss big topics in the world. Yeah, and the the video that was made of that project, the, the Beauty Index, is still available to watch on YouTube. And I would so recommend to everybody to jump on and and watch it because it is magnificent and it's the joy that you can see in the faces of these men as they come together, starting from the awkward, I'm not quite sure what I'm doing here, but my wife made me come. (laughs) (laughs) Putting on a performance. And I think what, what really resonated so much with me was Living in West Australia, which you know it's it's an isolated state, and many small communities are far far away from each other, and there are a number of issues that people living in these types of communities have to deal with on an ongoing basis, and I think to see men, especially showing that that depth of vulnerability in stepping forward to learn a dance and doing it together. Was, was remarkable, especially from the perspective of enhancing sense of community, but also to help with their mental well-being because yes. there is so much lack <clears throat> of mental well-being in many of these communities um, because of the circumstances in which they find themselves living their lives. So my question to you here is, do you see this type of dance, almost like a form of healing? Um, I see it as a way of learning the skills around resiliency, which are really important to all of us, and especially those of us that are living in isolated communities. 
And in our projects, they're designed specifically to um, you live inside an experience which teaches you those things you need to be resilient. So just a simple thing. Obviously, it's an act of courage to uh, step forward, to dance, to dance in front of family and friends. And and courage is, is such a big part of being resilient. But then there's also these other really practical things like to be a performer, you need to learn skills around keeping yourself calm, preparing yourself to step on stage. So those simple breathing techniques that performers use are very useful for people in stressful environments or bouncing back from hardship Um, right through to just having a confidence that you can learn a new skill, like you can face something that's that's tricky or that you don't know, and you can learn a new skill. And in our projects, that's learning how to run across the stage or slide on the floor or pick another guy up and uh, do a big lift. We use these kind of um, moments to show you that you can do things that are unexpected and you can surprise yourself. And men often say to us in our research that follows our projects that they just never realised what they could actually do. And it's gone on to have impacts for them both in their private lives but also in businesses because essentially we are modelling a form of design thinking like how to tackle a problem, solve it together, how to keep on improving it until you find something that's that's beautiful and works. So um lots of lots of very interesting things one of my favorite moments was walking off um the the men had finished performing in harvey and the local priest was in the cast there and i was walking behind him as we came out of the dressing room and he's he's a catholic priest he's held this community and led it through some very difficult times and then he himself decides to do this project i'm walking behind him and he walks out into the foyer and all these people turn to look at him and it's like they see him like fresh, like they've never seen him before. And in that moment, I just saw this, this freedom for him, this little bit of who he was um, that, had, that, that had come out in this experience of dancing. And there was this real, that was joy. That was total joy. And people just looked at him fresh. Oh, you're not, you're not just the priest. You're a dancer and a really good one. He was, he was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so many moments of happiness you know that come from doing crazy things like dance I love it I love (laughs) it so one thing that comes up for me is and there's so many parallels of course um, just what you do is beautiful in itself but parallels to the work that Jenny and I do how do you start having those conversations with these with these men you know essentially people who maybe might might not be as confident or as comfortable expressing vulnerability, sharing things, or even stepping into this space. So yeah, I'm so intrigued. How did you start? Mm. I always start. It's scary. I'm always scared people aren't going to show up or want to engage in the idea. So I start small. I start with the people around me. I'm road testing the idea and also the language that's resonating with them. So for men, there's lots of different reasons why they would want to do projects with us. And I was discovering that through these casual and informal conversations. I think the informality of, of those chats really helps you mm-hmm. gather mm-hmm. gather information before you start you know, pitching it to people. And we almost never actually pitched. We used that informal approach. And uh in those tiny conversations I was having, like in the supermarket, um, down at a gig somewhere, you know, at a dinner party, I was learning that men were interested in opportunities that could show their sons that they could be um, whoever they wanted to be. 
that you didn't just have to be a footballer in a small regional town and they wanted that. Um, through to other men that just wanted a challenge, like they wanted it to be hard. I thought I would have to say, it's okay. It's not that hard dance. You're going to succeed. It's going to be fine. But actually some of the men I had to say to them, yes, it is hard. We're going to train hard. You're going to learn new things. It's going to be tough. And that was the moment I had them. So it just depended on the men. And I guess mostly I was listening to them and then highlighting Mm -hmm. the parts of the project that resonated with what they needed and then and making space inside those projects for lots of different men who needed lots of different things. So you didn't have to be gung-ho and macho to do our projects. You could bring your dodgy back, your dodgy knee, your fear, and we would take you through a process that would lead you to the stage. And we always guaranteed you would look amazing at the end. Um, you just we just might work you really hard to get there. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's fabulous to hear. The, the process and I'm so glad you asked that question Sarah because, um, <laughs> it's it's true in many different facets of our life isn't it you know we've got an idea that we think we want to share with people but unless we actually have those micro conversations first to really understand mm-hmm. what they're looking for or what's challenging them we we can't begin unless we have that understanding so I just love the way that you you sort of um, sussed out the local community first just to see what was going on there yeah um, and I I've always spoke also to the women so when I did do media in those towns where people maybe didn't know me personally I would my in the radio interviews I would speak to the women because they cared about the men and and the men needed encouragement to do something as big as this. So uh, I would I would try and set up the support and encouragement around them. Yeah. Mm, fabulous. Can you give us an example of what you said? <laughs> I would just I would literally just say that. I would be be in an interview talking about the project and then just say, um, I'm speaking to all those women out there. Like encourage your men to come along. It's going to be great for them. Uh, it's going to they're going to be happier and make it possible. So, you know, we did have that real on number of accountants, a number of times when women would drive, drive their men to rehearsal and say, go on, you can do it. You can do it. And we all need encouragement, don't we? Absolutely. Yeah. I know, I know what happens when, I mean, I love dancing myself. I've, I've always been a, a closet dance around the handbag dancer. Um, <laughs> in my teens when I was trying to de-stress from going through medical school I'd go down to the local nightclub on a Friday night with all my mates we'd put our handbags into a certain you know in a pile and we'd dance around them and it was the best thing ever um, so I do get how great dancing is but I know if I go out somewhere and the music comes on and they're playing some of my favourite tunes. I'm looking at my husband saying, come on, come on. Now, he's, <laughs> he's pretty compliant. He's learnt that he's not getting out of it and he's going to come on the dance floor. And he he does enjoy <laughs> dancing. He's, he's, he's great. But I see some of my other friends try it with their husbands and it's like, no, 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 no. I couldn't possibly do that. I've got two left feet. And and it's it's you can see it's almost like a sense of embarrassment that's holding them back in that they feel that they're not going to do it right. So it sounds like you give them the space to know that it's not about doing anything right. It's about letting go. 
Oh, well, and we're creating a we create a space that's made to dance. I mean, those pubs and environments are filled with, you know, lots of social expectations yeah. that we don't have in our workshops. So um, I agree with those men. Sometimes it's safer to sit and watch um, than get up and dance around someone's handbag. Um, <laughs> but um, I, yes, so I we have to build confidence that the project is is designed right for the needs of those people and mm. then they come and when i'm working in communities where i'm not known then i'm always working with partner organizations or other people that are passionate about community development and they they speak with confidence about what i'm bringing and build those relationships of trust so i always operate on this mantra go go where the love is go where there is energy and there's some strength in the relationship. And then from that place of strength, uh, it, it expands outwards. So there's trust there. So we're more likely to get more men to come and participate, for instance. Fantastic. And I know that over the years, your work has been recognised for the very positive impact it's made. Um, you've been shortlisted for an Australian Dance Award, um, and in 2021, you received something else. Yeah, it was a fantastic honour. I received the Pinnacle Award for Producer of the Year, which is a, a sector award in Western Australia that Circuit West um, gives out. And it was for my work with men. And it's a, it's a, it was a huge honour. And at that time, we'd been through the pandemic and my industry had suffered a lot and we'd had cancellations and all kinds of pivot projects. So the exhaustion was real. And then to to receive that honour was a it was a very big moment of encouragement personally for myself. Mm, fantastic. And so, what's next? I imagine that you're not letting the grass grow under your feet. What what's <laughs> coming up next for you? <laughs> um, that's such a lovely question. Uh, <laughs> so, my projects are responding. They res- they respond to issues. What's the most pressing issue of the time and um, for us now, it's climate change. And uh, I started work on this project in 2020. So there's always one project bubbling away while another one's going to performance. And I could feel this sense of uh, paralysis that was happening with my daughters, with myself, with people in my community, a, a despair for the climate. And I thought if if we actually did a vast, large project that was about climate hope and we used dance to highlight the success that we are having around habitat restoration, then um, people are more likely to, to take more action. And because this is the, the critical decade for climate change, uh, I felt like it was the right thing as an artist for, yeah. to do. And so I joined forces with Gondwana Link, which uh, look them up. Look up Gondwana Link. They are so inspirational. They have this vision of creating a thousand kilometre corridor of protected and restored habitat that stretches from Margaret River, Woodichup, to Kalgoorlie, Gargola, Great Western Woodlands. And they simply work with um, private landowners, local ecological groups and artists to, uh, to, to work together to restore habitat. And so I am making a work called The Stars Descend. And on the 17th of March, 23, uh, it, it, you can start in Margaret River and watch the five chapters unfold over the thousand kilometre corridor. So over 16 days, 
Um, there's a chapter every every few days made by the people of the community that are caring for that particular habitat. And it's produced by a team of 25 artists who are all regional. They're creating these exceptional dance performances with local people. And the performances are happening in beautiful, beautiful places. Up Range, which is a, a stunning ancient granite range, uh, right through to the edges of the Great Western Woodland, which is uh, a vast habitat stretching into the desert from Kalgoorlie. And you'll simply see as an audience member the biodiversity and the success of restoration work and also the need to help Gondwana Link close, close, close the link. So take up those final tracts of land that need to be restored so they can achieve it in the next 10 years. It's critical. Um, so, yeah, that's the next wow. project. It's going to be performed that's, by uh, uh, hundreds, a hundreds of people. <laughs> huge project, but oh, so wonderful. So basically your audience can travel with you over that 1,000 kilometres. Yeah, we expect we, some, yeah. some will, um, but it's also designed each <laughs> chapter can be viewed as its own as its own standalone performance. And we tell you the story of the stars that descend in Margaret River. We we tell you what's happened to them. So by the time you're watching your chapter, you have a sense of where they've been and, and what's what they've done. Uh, yeah, but I think the, the word is spreading and I think there's actually going to be quite a caravan of people travelling across the link to watch the five shows, which is exciting. Brilliant. That's Well, it is so exciting because, I mean, it's it's a big distance, 1,000K. Mm. Um, and I think what's what's also to be remembered is that along the way there are so many differences of the ecosystems that you will be performing in. And I think being able to show those differences to people is really important too because a lot of people never have the opportunity necessarily to get out there and see the great western woodlands I, I actually hadn't heard of them until probably two years ago when um, my husband just suggested that we went camping and he said, oh, I've heard about these great Western woodlands. Should we go see? And I said, what? <laughs> Western woodlands? So it's about you know, being open to the idea that, you know, we live in this amazing country that is so diverse and so old, but there's so much that can be done as and is being done. To, to rectify the damage that we have inadvertently caused over, over the duration. And I think yeah, it, it is being done. It's mm. being done. And that's going it's to create, done. create so much hope and create so much possibility. That's what I think is so exciting about it. Yeah. I, I love that. I love hearing this. You're choosing to focus on the positive, which is something that Jenny and I talk about all the time. And and that gives people energy to carry on and to keep moving. Whereas if if we only focus on the negative, obviously we need to be aware of it and, and be open about it. Um, the word I hear you say consistently is community. Mm. Um, and this is something that I'm so passionate about for people, for workplaces, et cetera. So just tell me what, yeah, tell me about what community means to you, about how you're building communities. I'd love to hear your take on that. It's such a great question because it's a it's a complex word and it does actually mean lots of different things. Um, really, we uh, you know I look at it from this point of responsibility for each other. So a community is exists when we care for each other in small and big ways. So 
it it can simply be you know just not dropping your rubbish because it's going to impact on someone else that's that's a sense of community right through to emotional support that comes when you do something or you strive together to achieve something and that feeling that I couldn't do this on my own, but with these 20 other people I can or these thousand other people I can and how much hope that actually brings and how much resilience that is there. Like that's future-proofing our community when we know that we can achieve something together that's hard. Now we have confidence that when a bushfire comes or some some other calamity comes, we can work together to look look after each other then as well. Uh, and Yes, all sorts of senses of community. Those, the online community as, is, is as important as geographical communities, communities of interest. I use the term as, as broadly, uh, I think, as I can. Wonderful. Amazing. And we talk about um, community resilience, Jenny and I have had this, and it sounds like in the dance and what you're doing, you're building that, you know, you said um, about kind of coming together and, and doing something big together. Um, mm. And I I just, I had this, this phrase come to my mind, which I wonder if it's true that so many of the people you're inviting in, maybe they couldn't dance on their own. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm stunned at how many people need permission to dance. Like what happened mm. in our world where people felt like they weren't allowed to or they weren't good enough or they weren't legitimate enough. I mean, it goes a little bit back to what Jenny was saying, you know, not feeling like you're going to get it right. I don't know what happened there. We used to dance all the time. As human animals, we we danced. Uh, so, yes, yes, it's, it's ti- it is time for more dancing. We do need to be happier and more cheerful. And when you dance, it's you smile. So it's a good thing to do. <laughs> It's almost, oh. it's almost like a sense of freedom, isn't it? When you when you dance, you feel that emotional expression, and you just feel free just to just to be. It can it can can be that way, you know. Some people also are scared and awkward and afraid, but then they do <laughs> dance, um, and they get more and more comfortable with it, and and yeah. then they feel great. Wonderful. Well, wow. thank you so much for, for coming on to our show and sharing your, your insights yeah. and your wisdom. It's been a wonderful conversation. Could talk to you for a long lot longer. If there was one thing you'd like to share with our audience, what would that be? <laughs> I I've been thinking that we should celebrate the little dance the little dances that we see, not make it such a big thing. So that moment when you're tapping your finger on the steering wheel, when you're driving, listening to a song, when you see a child that can't help itself in the supermarket dancing to the song that's just being played over the, the dairy, uh, to see that dance and to to revel in it and not to be afraid yourself to have a little, you know, shoulder wriggle uh, in the shopping center when the song comes on that you really like if we see each other moving more um, I think we just we will smile a little more and that can be a good thing oh marvelous thank you thank and you. if people want to contact you Annette what's the best way for them to do that no the best way is through my website so annettecarmichael.com.au um, just google me you'll find me love to hear from people and maybe they should all come to Denmark as well 
<laughs> well, they can come anywhere along the Gondwana link. We're we're spreading yes, out. Yes, yes, indeed. Amazing. So, Sarah, do you have anything um, that you want to finish up with asking Annette? I would love to know. Um, how how should people give themselves permission? You know, not everyone can get involved in a community. So how can they give themselves permission to dance? Mm. I think it is something that you do need to practice because we've lost the habit of dancing. And mm. it can be putting on your favourite song in your lounge room and jumping around like no one's watching. Exactly. That cliche is perfect. You do that. Um or, or just trying lots of different styles. So my friends go and, you know, do Zumba or they go and do line dancing. Um, there's no bad dance. Just to go and try lots of different styles until you find one that you like. And, yeah, if a choreographer comes along into your town and says, would you like to make dance with me? Say yes, even if you don't know what they're yes. talking about. Just say yes. <laughs> it will Amazing. be magical. <laughs> That sounds perfect. Well, thank you again, Annette. It's been an absolute delight. And uh, thank you for being with us today. And thank you to our audience for joining us. Thank you. If you've got any comments that you'd like to share, please let us know your thoughts. What What have you been doing in the dance world? Have you been part of a community project? Have you, are you a closet dancer who loves to, (laughs) <laughs> no, put the music on when nobody's looking and just dance around the kitchen island or whatever. We'd love to know your thoughts and to know how dance makes you feel. So thank you so much. And until next time, we'll see you then. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. We hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we did recording it. And you can always get involved in the well-being conversation at all of our social links in the show notes. Until next time, stay safe, stay happy, and thrive in whatever you do. Thank you.